this guy is out here zooming in on high-res photos and just knows what Rory's putter looks like. And he knows what Patrick Reed's putter looks like. And he probably knows, like, Russell Henley's putter and Aaron Wise's putter. And you just go down the line and, like, this guy has an encyclopedia of these clubs just in the back of his head. Yeah, it's... I don't know if that's a good thing or, or if it's if it's, <laughs> it's a if little it's, concerning. It's a little concerning. It's probably a lot concerning if you ask some other people. Hello, welcome to the Golf.com podcast. I'm your host Sean Zock, and today, uh, I guess you can call this breaking news. Uh, I mean, that might be a bit of a compliment, but we have John Wall, the equipment expert of all things on the PGA Tour. He's hopefully going to become the equipment expert of just all things golf equipment at golf.com and he's with us here today as well as Dylan to chair but most importantly john wall the newest employee at golf.com i think has anyone else been hired recently i mean he started today right yeah. so it's hard to be much newer than that welcome to the show thanks man this is like uh i would say jordan to the whiz i, I like to think that i'm a bigger <laughs> deal than i am wow um jordan to the whiz yeah so how far past your prime i'm, I'm not are trying you? To, i'm not trying to date myself or anything but uh <laughs> but yeah it's, it's like this is like jordan to the whiz it's kind of kind of a big deal but but only maybe to the to the guy that's making the move oh i like that comparison a lot you you definitely need to use that on twitter post bulls jordan of the equipment industry um but when it comes to the equipment you are the guy like it's wow that, you're, you're trying trying to really boost my ego man yeah <laughs> I, like why are you coming to golf.com yeah you know I, I think for me it's it's the opportunity to kind of start something new here um you know when i went to the tour they didn't have an equipment site and so it was pretty much given to me as a make it your own and so i, I feel like this is an opportunity to kind of do this a lot a lot of young guys uh, two of them here as I'm, and I'm talking to that, you, uh, they got me really excited about making, uh, making the jump, but yeah, it's, it just feels like there's this starting something special here. And, and I kind of want to get in on that ground floor. Dylan, why did I join golf.com? No, no, no. <laughs> no, you are, you're young. You just turned 27. Can, can that still be considered young? I don't know, man. I'm in that stage now of like, we're not mid twenties. I think I'm the late twenties now. Oh, you know, just stop with like the late twenties. <laughs> I'm 34 here. I, I, I feel like I'm about Thank 54 you, around you guys. That makes right, you so, middle of the pack probably on our staff in terms of age wise. Let's right? get a quick confirmation though. Just on, are we doing J wall, John wall, Jonathan wall? Yeah, good question. You, you can't do John Wall again because, okay. you know, I'll, I'll go into the story back at Valhalla. I, I, I told you guys about the, the guy at the hotel asked me, oh, John, you're John Wall. Are, are you related to the basketball player? Or the Unbelievable. Um, yeah, it just, it, no, I, I don't go by John Wall. I, I go by J Wall. A lot of people call me that or Jonathan Wall, but. A lot of um, wizards talk on the golf.com podcast. I know. Know. I mean, there are two great things about that story because one is like how many people are related. Like, you know, you'd be like cousins, be, be like, yeah, I have the same name. We're both named John. That doesn't happen. Second of all, may, maybe we need a picture associated with this podcast, but you uh, do not resemble John Wall, the <laughs> basketball player. Not, uh, not, not in the slightest. Tall. You're quite tall. Let's, let's I play basketball. There you go. I think we need to keep talking about basketball <laughs> only for a little bit more because uh, I, when I wrote this down, I, I kind of figured you to be the the Woj of the equipment game. And now that is probably the highest compliment I can pay any journalist. But um, it more so says that like you've got that niche really carved out in your game. Do you consider yourself like the, the preeminent 
golf equipment expert probably? I mean, I, I like to, I, I feel like when I first started the tour, I, I noticed that there was somewhat of a void in, in the, it wasn't so much that people weren't picking up on the new gear that was coming out on tour. It's just, nobody was really reacting to it as it was happening. And so that, that was kind of where I wanted to come in because especially with the advent of social media and it just continuing to grow and, and people are now on Twitter all the time, you just, you have to be able to react. So that, that was for me, that was really important to make sure that I could be a go-to for people where if there was something new in the bag for a pro, uh, if there was somebody that was making a move, it, it's important to be right, but yeah. it's also important to, to be right there and, and maybe be first. So that, that was big for me to, to try and build those relationships to where if something was happening, uh, I could be right there. Yeah. So talk us through some of your big scoops this, this year, you know, Brian Windhorst style, um, <laughs> Shout who out to did, Brian. who did you pick up? Uh, maybe, you know, tiger scoops or, or different free agent scoops, anything like that, that you were first to, I mean, I think the biggest one for me, wasn't even so much. A, it was a scoop. It was getting an exclusive with tiger. This was crazy. Yeah, we do want to get into this because Dylan is excited. Well, there's only so many people that have really gotten a sit down with Tiger. Yeah, and and honestly, I think other than uh, than Mike Johnson over at Golf Digest, he years ago did a a on course with Tiger. We went through ball testing, and um, that honestly is really the only other time that there was a one on one with tiger and an equipment guy. So this was a big deal. It actually, uh, the, the funniest part about the story is my wife and I were supposed to be going on our anniversary and had a plan Turks and Caicos, December. Oh, um, we, we had a plan late in the year because we, we had had a, a kid recently and it was like, just the timing wasn't right to go in, in March. So I get a phone call and, uh, and, and got a pitch and they hadn't said who it was yet that I might be able to interview. And uh, I, I kept thinking in my head, if it's anybody but Tiger, I'm going to say no. Because I, <laughs> yeah. I, I do not want to go back to my wife and tell her that I we have know. to cut this short. Yeah. And it was Tiger. Uh, somehow it worked out where I was able to, to get back and, and make the drive up to, to Jupiter. But it, it was a really cool experience. If anything, for me, because um, like, a lot of, like a lot of guys my age, we grew up with Tiger being the guy. I mean, that was the whole reason why we started playing golf in the first place. So to sit down with him, I think, was was kind of surreal. But it, it came at a time where you could kind of tell that Tiger was starting to soften a little bit. He was opening up. I, I think, mm -hmm. and this is my opinion, I think he's the best interview in golf right now. Mm. Wow. Best interview in golf. Talk more about that. Because if, if you look at the way that Tiger used to do press conferences and the way that he does press conferences now he was very robotic in his answers um they were short and to the point and he didn't really give you a lot if you go back and you look at a lot of his recent interviews you will notice that he gives a whole lot more mm -hmm. he, he feels like they are a lot more personal you you can see a little bit into to who tiger is and that's something that we never really saw we never really saw that side of him so I, I think it's great. It, you can tell when he's grateful now. Yeah. I think he's great. He, he talks about being grateful, but you can tell by what he's saying in his interview. So yeah, he was an awesome interview for equipment, if only because uh, I think he's a closet gear nerd. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think yeah. he shows it off in these little moments. Um, Dylan and I were on a shoot recently uh, and Tiger was showing off a little bit of his, his nerdery. No big deal. Yeah. And, and it was drop that in there. Yeah. It, it was pretty cool though. Um, because you don't get that. You just don't from this guy. I don't know if I'll go as far as you would to say he's the best interview in golf. 
uh, I think Rory might be. I think Tiger is the the most improved yeah. interview in golf. Most and the MII probably hands down. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw it. That'll, that'll be my my hot take for for this one. <laughs> there you go. Uh, one of the ways in which you get information, um, you just do this better than other people. Is you are one, you're on tour, but you're also just keeping track of all the photos that are taken of tour players. You're either trolling Getty or you're working with the people that you used to be employed by. And you're just getting, you are dialed into the freaking weight that's been added to Rory's putter. That was one of your recent tweets. And I'm like, this guy is out here zooming in on high res photos and just knows what Rory's putter looks like. And he knows what Patrick Reed's putter looks like. And he probably knows like Russell Henley's putter and Aaron Wise's putter. And you just go down the line and like this guy has an encyclopedia of these clubs just in the back of his head. Yeah. It's, I don't know if that's a good thing or, or if it's, if it's, <laughs> it's a if little it's, concerning. It's a little concerning. It's probably a lot concerning if you ask some other people. Uh, you know, I think for me, being able to to have really great relationships out on tour, especially with the tour reps, the guys that work with these players on a week to week basis, is huge. Because when I'm not out there, it's it's a whole lot easier for me to reach out to them and, and get some of these details. Uh, when when I can't see it for myself. Mm -hmm. So that helps. The Getty part, I, I make fun of myself all the time <laughs> on social media now because it is, it's a sickness. I, I go to Getty like Monday through Wednesday and I'll start combing the, the photos. Then Thursday rolls around and I'm verifying that guys have the same club that they were testing on Tuesday yeah. in the bag. I, I don't know anybody else who, who does it to that extent. Nor do I. I, I like to think I'm a hard worker. So th yeah. that's, that's why I, I go to those levels, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of keeping an eye out for, for the new gear. You know, I, there, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that I miss, but the big thing is, is that the, the people that follow myself want to know what the big names yeah, are. Yeah. There's an appetite. So, yeah, there is. Yeah. And so take Remarkably us through large appetite for it. Yeah. And, and covering some of this stuff, you know, working in the, the off season a year ago in my first real like golf off season, uh, in the golf media, I was kind of taken by the, I don't know, sort of the drama of it all of guys getting signed by new companies. And, and, you know, it's the closest thing that golf has to like the NBA's free agency period. In and, the with, and it's so far from that though. It's so <laughs> far from, but it's still kind of fun. It's like, Whoa, that's kind of interesting. This so-and-so went to so-and-so. Uh, do you get like jacked up about that? Yeah. I mean, I do. And I, I think more so now than I did in the past. And I think I can, um, I, I kind of thank Nike for, for what happened. Uh, you know, when, when they dropped hmm. out of the, the club side of the industry at the end of 2016, they had a whole bunch of players that remained free agents. So whereas you've got some guys that are under contract that actually won't, even though they're kind of playing out the rest of their deal right now, um, they can't start putting in new stuff in the bag when, mm -hmm. when the season rolls over. So that's why you don't see some of these players with new gear in Napa because they, they can't contractually put that gear into play until January. But the Nike... But. Yes, but the Nike equipment guys can make a change at, at any time. So you could have, you know, Brooks or, you know, Molinari or Fleetwood. Any of these guys mm -hmm. can make a change at any point. So that's why, for me, I'm like constantly watching every week. I'm like, all right, is, is somebody going to make a change? Is it going to be the week? Because it, it adds a, 
an additional level of intrigue to it because there there are some guys out there that have remained free agents and they can sign a new deal whenever they want. That's the trend right now, right? I mean, the, the 2018 year of the Grand Slam of like lack of equipment deals. Isn't that what you've been all up yeah. about, Dylan? Oh, I've been fired up about this. I, I know Jonathan has also. But yeah, if you look at the guys this year, Patrick Reed, Frankie Molinari, Brooks Kepka, none of them had a full-on equipment deal. I know Molinari, I think, has a, uh, a putter deal. But none of them have. Uh, Wait, just ask the source. He knows. I'm sure he knows. Jonathan, does Frankie right. Molinari have a? He does. He has deal a putter, he has a putter deal with Bettinardi. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just a couple guys talking shop, Literally. and uh, t- just a little bit about that trend. I guess. I guess with Kepka not having a deal, now being the number one player in the world, having all these high profile winners. What's up with that? I wrote a, a big feature on on this trend just because. It started out as as Kepka winning the U.S. Open, and then you have Patrick Reed win the Masters, and it's like, all right, you know, if another guy wins, then it's going to be a story. And then I was just you kept watching it, and I thought, well, by the time the PGA rolled around, I was ready to to fire out the story, and then Kepka wins again, and it's like, all right, this is this is perfect. You're, I don't think you'll ever see mm. uh, another year where you have four guys that were free agents win. I just, it was a perfect storm until Brooks wins all the majors this year <laughs> without a deal. Still, are you, yeah. you going to bank on that? <laughs> yep. Thank <bank> it. <laughs> but it, it, it is, it's, it's gotten to the point now where I think some players are strongly considering going without contracts and there's a reason for it. And it, it goes back to the fact that before when Nike was still around, when TaylorMade wasn't owned by a private equity firm, mm. there was a lot of money flowing in this industry. (laughs) And so guys could go out there and they could get a big deal. And there really wasn't this need to to play without one. It was, it was free cash. You're you're getting guaranteed money in a sport where nothing is guaranteed. (laughs) Now that's no longer the case because without Nike being in there offering an apparel and a club deal where you get both of those out of the way and you don't have to go with your agent trying to get apparel and clubs from different people. Now you're looking at a equipment pie that's a whole lot smaller. And so for the big names, that's why I think Brooks is is a perfect example of somebody who's going to have trouble. And it's nothing that he's doing. It's just that he's playing so well. I think his valuation is so high that it's going to be tough for him to get the money that he thinks he deserves because there are fewer equipment companies out there that would be willing to shell out that kind of money. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, One question that I have, though, is that you said – you probably won't see another year like this. And then I made the dumb joke about Brooks Kepka, but what percentage of tour players out there don't have a deal at all? I mean, it's it's small. It's if just you, weird. If you, look, if you look at the overall picture, but there are a whole bunch of guys near the top in the world rankings that don't have deals. You know, Paul Casey is another guy that we don't really talk about that does not have a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there are some other players in there that have been doing well without equipment contracts. Um, Such you an know, odd trend to me. If if anything, I think I think this is the future trend for equipment. Is I don't think that full bag deals, and when I say full bag, I don't necessarily mean that they're playing fourteen clubs. Yeah, I mean that a majority of their equipment is going to be with one manufacturer. So, for instance, Ping and their and their contracts players are contractually obligated to play at least 11 ping clubs. Okay. So that gives them three clubs to kind of with wiggle room if they don't want to use a ping club. Um, I think that the future is going to be guys getting, getting deals, wood deals with a company 
or an iron deal with a company. Okay. Um, now I know my Zuno, for instance, wasn't really interested in, in offering iron deals. I mean, they've got so many of their guys playing their stuff for free. Uh, but I, I think that's probably the more realistic is, mm-hmm. is guys maybe picking and choosing and not playing one all the way through the bag. You said my Zuno. I know you said this a couple times now. I keep meaning to ask him. Is that it. how it's pronounced? Is it like Adidas? I mean, I, that's how I say it. It's I say Mizuno. Mizuno. Tomato, tomato. Man. Maybe this, okay. is a, this could be a Texas thing. This might it not is, be it a, is. a real thing. Well, it's got to be a Texas thing. It's got, because I was just, like, it threw me off. I was like, what, what company is that? Well, and so real quick on this free agent uh, Grand Slam thing, there was one thing that they all had in common besides that, and that was that they all were still wearing Nike apparel. Yeah, that's crazy too. <laughs> which is crazy. So Nike, as much as they've left the space, in some ways they were as visible this year as ever on tour. Yeah, no, and and I think that's going to be a trend to watch for apparel because, you know, when Nike left the equipment space, they did kind of fire a warning shot to everybody else out in the apparel industry, basically saying that they weren't going away. Yeah. If anything, they were going to start adding more players to their staff. Um, I can't mention a name, okay. but I have heard a rumor about a top 10 player in the world that might be making the move to Nike. Mm, wow. um, and it is if it happens, it would be huge news. Let's okay. just put it that way. Okay. So <laughs> so let's put that as a rumor for now. Rumors are fun, especially this time of year, because you get rumors that people are going here and there, and all kinds of rumors flood into your DMs. I want to look at your DMs at some point just to see all the pictures about new equipment that is supposed to be coming out, about players that are probably going here or there, or players that you some people saw playing a club somewhere how do you deal with that stuff i mean do you kind of just ignore it until you can verify it or do you use it as leads yeah i mean it, a lot of it's white noise um you know you, you hear rumblings out on tour a lot you know la- it was last year that i started hearing rumblings that that uh was around bridgestone that TaylorMade was contracting their staff mm-hmm. and they were going to go to a smaller staff of, of big name players but they weren't going to have as as big of a footprint out on tour uh, you hear stuff like that and usually it's like from one person and then you hear it from somebody else and then what you thought was a crazy rumor actually turns out to be true. So it happens like that. The equipment photos, please stop sending me <laughs> leaked photos if you are listening to this. I'm not going to post your photos on social media. <laughs> I, I don't know why people ask me to break embargo, I'll stop. man. I'll stop. Send it to Dylan and me. Yes, yeah, s- send oh, it, yeah, send we'll it, to, it. To, to Dylan and Sock. I, I have no interest in, in posting these photos and in, in burning a bridge. So That's this amazing. is this is my public service announcement to everybody who sends me the leaked photos. <laughs> Is there any uh, secret breaking news that you can break on the golf.com podcast right now? Probably not. Huh? Probably not. not. Not right now. But I okay, look, other than apparel, there there is another major name that's going to be making an equipment move. Oh, that's a, a, a very significant name. And, and I, I know this for a fact. Mm-hmm. I just I can't I can't re- yeah. release the name just yet. He said major, though. I wonder if he's a major winner. Oh, mm. might be dropping he's a little clue in there. Oh, Probably. cannot confirm nor deny. At some point. I, I'm not that really into equipment. I know Dylan being a... I'm getting more into it, honestly, every minute that we get into this podcast. Good for you. I mean, but you're, I mean, you are a, a golf nerd at heart. And I just, at times, I have a hard time caring about it. And don't take offense to that at all. But I have a hard time caring about that Patrick Reed is making a change to different shafts in his driver. You know... Is there anything that you run into? You're like, gosh, it is just hard for me to like 
to draw attention to this? Or do you ever like hold yourself back? Like people don't care. Or do you just kind of like wipe it all and say, you know what? This is the beat. Yeah. I mean, I, I go all in. I feel like this is a very niche market within the golf space, which is a niche sport, which is a niche sport. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about a, a micro audience in, in the grand scheme of things, but there are so many people out there that, that really like to know what the tour pros are playing. And it might not be something that they would go out and play, yeah. but they're just, they just want to know why, why is a guy changing driver shafts? Um, why is he swapping out a three iron for a four iron or a three iron for a, for a utility iron? It, it's there's, there are people out there. You've kind of got to feed the beast, so to speak. Well, let's talk about Cam Champ, recent tour winner. He was playing two four irons. Is yeah. that the first time you've ever seen someone doing that? No. So no. back in 2013, I watched Keegan Bradley shoot 60 at the Byron Nelson with two four irons. That's so baller. And and it was one of those things where I went and peeked in the bag and I thought, man, I, I got to be seeing something. It's not two four irons. And it was. And so I asked him after the round, I said, yeah, what, what's going on? And he had one that was more forgiving that went a little bit farther. And then he had one that was a little more workable, kind of your, you know, your standard stock four iron. And that's kind of what Cam Champ's doing. Can I break some news? This is like, no, I didn't even get a yes. But remember, <laughs> remember after news, the PGA dude. Championship when Adam Scott had uh, two putters in the bag? Yeah. He also had two three irons in the bag. I don't think anyone ever really got into that, but I saw him at a Titleist photo shoot like, you a couple days later. And I was like, dude, what is wrong with you? Oh, you didn't and, ask him, dude, what is wrong with you? Uh, it may not have been a direct quote, but... It is like a thing that happens now, I guess, especially with the rise in what hybrids, driving irons, different styles of well, just everything like that game you can do with irons. You can do a ton of stuff with a three iron and another three iron. Yeah, Hi- hybrids are being phased out on tour. It used to be a really popular club, but but there are so many guys with with it. And that's really what it is. It's it's the slower swingers that are that are still using the hybrids, but you have so many young guys that are coming out with high swing speeds that those hybrids just balloon on them that a, a driving iron is mm, that's yeah. that's their jam well that was Swing why speed. camp champ said he was Bad swinging a four iron instead of a three iron he was hitting his three iron too far he was hitting it like 285 and <sighs> it was too close to his three wood he said so he had to dial that back to 270 275 this is ever... by the way me ripping off jay wall's reporting so yeah. this is not like my original fact <laughs> i've only ever heard of one guy complaining that he was hitting the ball too far do you want to guess who that was with the club? That sounds like something that Tiger would say. Nope. I bet it was Bubba. Nope. Mm. DJ. DJ. Makes uh, sense. I mean, yeah. that had to be in your top five. Yeah, that was – he He was trying out the – TaylorMade had their little uh, SLDR, the mini oh, yeah. version. Gosh. And I remember asking in, in Doral, I was, like, I was like, I saw you testing it. What, what, why didn't you put it in the bag? So it went too far. <laughs> I said, excuse Excuse me? That's, you know that's not that's not DJ, something that uh, DJ should have been so our cute. first guess. Not not only because he is you know he hits the ball further than just about anybody, but because he's exactly the kind of person who probably couldn't like dial back a driver. You know, like he's so robotic. He's got one speed. He's got one speed and like can't back off of that. Um, you brought up earlier how you went and peeked in Keegan Bradley's bag and. That's definitely a way in which you stay in touch with what these guys are doing out on tour. Uh, a question that Dylan was proposing earlier is just like, do players ever freak out when you do that? Because you can, I mean, in our various experiences on tour, you can get 
a little too close to someone's bag or a little too close to someone warming up and they get a little touchy. Tour players can be a bit antsy and touchy with things. Do you have any good stories about like bad experiences with getting too close? Yes. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> Uh-oh. Did you touch the Scotty? Uh, I, that's actually a funny story. That, <laughs> no that happened comment. early on where where I uh, I asked Joey if I could could shoot some photos of, of Tiger's Cameron. And he just said, sure. And I was almost in my head, I was expecting him to say no. <laughs> and he just said, yeah. And I, I thought, oh, I guess I could just pick it up out of here. And I was kind of thinking like sword in the stone moment, yeah. you know, angels Excelsior. You know, from, from, from heaven, you know, singing. And it just, it, it wasn't that, unfortunately. But I will say this, uh, one player who is very um, particular about you touching his clubs is Bubba. Mm, shocker so so Bubba doesn't like it if you you he doesn't want you touching the driver cover like there are guys out on tour that will like lean on his driver oh, really? on the cover and he's he's not a fan okay I mean, so yeah I mean I listen I get it I've I've always tried to be respectful of these guys clubs I do not walk down the range or around the putting green just start grabbing clubs out of the bag yeah um do people also, do that uh, there, kind there of. are a few that have just kind of walked up and started pulling things out. Yeah, people it, it, make. There's a handful of guys that really make themselves at home on the range. It, it happens. I think the funniest one was a few years back shooting Hideki's clubs, and I, I came to find out in like the coming months that I guess the the Japanese media, I, I guess they're kind of barred from being able to shoot his bag. <laughs> yes, that's uh, great. So Why? I, 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 I don't know. Ooh. It was one of those where I, I don't know if, if you know, he's kind of got a little bit of a mixture. He's a Shrixon guy. Yeah. But uh, I know at the time he was using a Callaway driver. That is a story to investigate. But yeah, it was just, it was kind of, it kind of struck me as odd that, that they weren't, that can, weren't allowed. Can, can we ban Japanese media from asking questions about Hideki's chances? At that is the, the best part of <laughs> Pre-major that's that's, that's press part of conferences. Stop that. <laughs> I came really close at the uh, Shinnecock Media Day where there's only media there and Mike Davis is giving a press conference to asking what he thought of Hideki's chances like three weeks prior to the U.S. Open. But I held back. Uh, anything else that we have for J-Wall? Is there anything that he's got in the works in terms of like feature stories that he wants to do, dive in on, that he uh can sort of tease us on a little bit maybe things that look you're outside the bounds of the pga tour now you know we love the pga tour good friends of ours but it's necessarily a little bit restrictive right working for mm. you know coming from the belly of the beast here to but probably the opposite of that as well in a sense well what's that that it's also opens some perhaps he's known as a pga tour guy and he gets a little bit better access i don't know let's let the man talk no no i mean for for me, it was I think it's just kind of broadening the scope because I was covering just the tour, so it, mm -hmm. it's it's stories pertaining to what's going on on the tour, uh, maybe kind of historical lookbacks on uh, you know clubs that were used in the past to win certain events that maybe yeah, maybe it's, it's worth tour a deeper type. dive. Yeah, it's it's, it's so this is going to be just kind of expanding things. So I, I think for for me, it's just going to be about trying to make the readers smarter. Um, or the viewer smarter if if we're shooting video. I, okay. I think that's that's what I want to do is there for the most part, I got so many questions from people asking about certain shafts or kick points or torque or should they use a different flex in their irons and their wedges. I, I want to be able to dig into this stuff and and kind of pull the curtain back and make people smarter so that if they go into a store, they're able to to feel like they're a better consumer, but they're also smarter from from reading our content. Totally, I'm stoked to see what you come out 
uh, what you come up with feature-wise. Because if you're only really attached to tour players, tour clubs that are being used at tour events, I mean, there's just a huge amateur golf market in which there's been tons of splashes of equipment. I mean, the PGA show is littered with things that you can talk a lot about. That oh, yeah, you're going to be... Kid in a candy store down there. Well, I'm sure he's already been. Seven I've, I've times been so many times. Well, Dude, yeah, it's, it's but, old hat. you know, yeah, but you didn't have the ability to like say I can write about whatever. You know, you're probably a little more tour centric. Now true. you can get a little weird uh, in like the the back aisles of that. One more question I had is anyone that is particularly fun to nerd out with on tour, like guys that you've talked to, good players that just like to get into talking about their specs and different changes that they're making or or does everyone kind of keep you at arm's length uh jeff ogilvie is <laughs> an awesome interview when it comes to gear i mean he's an awesome interview in general i think but but ogilvie will will nerd out i still remember a few years back in vegas when when Voki had their new wedges out so they bring everything out on tour first and let the players test it then they eventually bring it to retail and they had uh, the new wedges. And I thought, I'm just going to talk to a couple of guys because titles won't say anything during that period about the design specs and all that. And so I just walked up. I said, hey, Jeff, uh, would you mind just kind of tell me what you think of the new wedges? And we started on the driving range. Ten minutes later, we walked over to the putting green. And then I just kept following him on oh to the gosh. tee. He, but he just kept going. It was it was awesome. I didn't have to I didn't have to feed him questions. He just had so many thoughts on on the wedge design and the geometry and they were doing something new that year with with the weighting and uh, he's he's awesome one that i thought kind of surprised me just because i, I feel like a lot of the young guys have grown up with track band hmm. so they look at the numbers more than they do really kind of fiddling with hmm. the clubs it's more about optimizing and i get that but aaron wise i had a chance to interview him this year and he i mean he does a lot of of testing on his own which, callaway dude Callaway dude, but it, it kind of just goes back to, you know, his college days. I, I guess he just started kind of working on things and testing shafts and, and yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun to see some of the young guys nerd out a little bit because again, you don't really know if, if they enjoy that aspect of it as much as maybe some of the older guys do, but yeah, Weiss was, uh, was surprisingly great. Well, they have such major support teams in place, right? I mean, I know we were at a, a Cobra event, Cobra Puma a couple weeks ago and Bryson and Lexi were both there and they were asked about playing in the wind and, you know, do you change your swing? Do you change your shot type? And Bryson was basically like, no, nah, I don't really like to mess with my swing. I'm just going to give my clubs one swing, one plane and they're going to fix them and I'm going to swing the same way. And what's going to happen is going to be a little bit better, a little bit more advantageous. You know, he might be using like a six degree driver instead of a, <laughs> instead of whatever he'd been using before and that's just his adjustment so yeah that is kind of an interesting mix where you know tiger would have a totally different approach than someone who has grown up with track man yeah yeah no and I, again i think that's what separates the today's young crop from from the older guys is just the way that they go about equipment you know it's just it's not the same for for both groups you got a phone call you got a plane to catch I got a plane to catch you got a lot of things going on dms to answer yeah seriously well thank you john I appreciate it. Jonathan. Jonathan Wall. Jonathan Wall. Full name. You'll see more of his stuff at golf.com. Stay tapped into all the equipment stuff because he's our guy now. We we own we own him. We got him. We own him. Thanks to John for joining us today. Thanks to you for listening in. Thanks to Dylan as well. Can't forget about him. That's it for the golf.com podcast today. And uh, 
We'll have more for you later this week from Mayakoba. See you then. Thank you.